0: thanks for tuning in to the like a bigfoot podcast i'm your host chris ward uh this week we have an incredible conversation with an incredible human being uh, we're gonna sit down and talk with uh elite athlete sally McCrae. um and if you don't know what sally McRae has accomplished in the ultra running world go pause this look it up it's she's absolutely incredible there's amazing films about her she has this wonderful youtube uh channel and you can just go and read the results of the races she has taken on and you can do what i did which is simply just sit there and be in awe (laughs) of what she's been able to accomplish athletically um and as as of right now uh she has just released a documentary called every step forward it's the film about her coca 250 race if you're into uh trying to see what the coca is like um or if you're just into simply like the pure willpower and grit that it takes to um finish a 200 miler please check that out it is wonderful uh today though we are mostly going to be talking about sally's new book which is called choose strong uh it is out now so go ahead look it up um i started reading it right before uh this interview and i have not been able to put it down yet it is fantastic um it really kind of opens up your perspective on you know like i guess if you see sally you're seeing this strong human being and now you get to see how she has developed this very like nuanced vision of what strength is uh, throughout her childhood. And so we're gonna talk a lot about this book. We're gonna talk about the power of being vulnerable with your story. Um, You know, this is a raw, this book is raw. It is real um, and it is extremely vulnerable. And I think that takes a lot of bravery. And I think that takes a lot of strength. Um, And then we also get into this idea of belief that is rooted in love and how important that can be. That is a powerful kind of tool that we have in our life. And and I love everything about this conversation. I loved uh, spending time listening to Sally's ideas. Um, She is not only a wonderful athlete, but an absolutely wonderful human being. So uh, let's just jump right into it. So thank you all for joining the Like a Bigfoot podcast with the fantastic Sally McRae. I am so incredibly excited and honored to have Sally McRae on the podcast. Um, Sally, I've been a huge fan. I think uh, Billy Yang put out a video of you running Western States and that just that like film was so impressive to me and I just remember it stuck with me for all these years of being in ultra running and all of that so uh super psyched to have you on the show today so thanks for coming on
1: yeah thank you so much for having me um I love doing these and it's such a cool way to to meet other people uh, including yourself
0: so <laughs> yeah for having me on your show yeah well so I had this whole like I had a whole interview planned right <laughs> and then I dived into your book and I've like honestly like completely blown away and I'm only 50 pages into it (laughs) and I'm blown away by it and I cried in the first three pages I will will definitely say like it is unbelievable like it is read a lot of these books and this one is special for sure um it's called choose strong so I kind of want to start there if that's cool with you
1: yeah, that that is just really excites me because the book drops in just a few days and there's only a handful of people who have read it. So just hearing that feedback really warms my heart to know that um that you are in you're in enjoying it. And I will say the the feedback I've gotten too is very similar. So yeah. Not that everyone listening like you you <laughs> I don't even think you would be crying like the whole entire book, but it is, um, I think it is probably a, a different book than what people are expecting. So like right now in new releases, it's it's been like the number one release in running and jogging. And I just like laugh cause I'm like, well, it's it's not a book about running and jogging, yeah. but I do talk about running in there and there's some stories about running, but it's, it is genuinely a book about the first 18 years of my life and stories that I have um, rarely to never told before.
0: Yeah. Well, I think like, I mean, to me, I always think like running, going out there and taking on all these miles and and all of that, like it is such a self exploration mm. because you have all of that time and you're in your head the whole entire time um, that I think that I, I don't know. I Those are my favorite kinds of books are the ones where, you know, there's running is kind of like an overarching thing, like it happens in it. And yet what you're discovering is like what this sport or what this activity like really truly means to a person Mm -hmm. you know
1: absolutely yeah and i i that is something that i have wanted to make as as part of my career um you know when i when i first started in the sport i wanted it to be about so much more than my running the the memoir itself is broken up into two books so there is a second book that um is almost done being written I had originally written just one book and it was over 500 pages long and I just wow. felt like the first 18 years of my life was so impacting it needed to stand alone. Yeah. Um and the second half is is a lot more about running. It's, you know, um and some other really powerful stories that have have, have really shaped the woman that I am today and um I feel like I I hit a point in my life where I had lost so much. And I really understood that a life that is meaningful and one that can really make an impact on the world is when we genuinely live the one life that we get to live, but that we understand that our lives aren't just about us and elevating ourselves, which is really difficult in today's world because, you know, and it's hard on social media where you feel like we're all, we're all trying to prove our worth. and. That our life is exciting that we're doing amazing things and that like our purpose is to to be the expert or um to be great at everything that we do and and it's it's flashy and everyone has fomo when i come to my page it's but i think that um i learned really early on that you know uh, what is more fulfilling is when we can pour in to other people and you know as a competitive athlete for most of my life um when I, I went through some some particular struggles I realized like how like does all of this mean you know yeah. if a, if I can't um if I can't do sport or um when the sport ends like really like what is it that I'm working toward in life and so um and really that's why I even go by the handle yellow runner and you'll learn about that in the book where that story comes from and um what that that name even means and and I think that will shock people too Uh, because I think for so long people think it's just because I like the color yellow but (laughs) um but overall it's like I want my my running to be so much more than than myself it's not about the medals that I have or FKTs or um whether or not I'm voted for the best ultra runner in the world like I I want it to be bigger bigger than me
0: Yeah. Well, I'm like a huge believer in like the ripple effects and Mm -hmm. what kind of ripples are you putting out there? Are they good ripples or bad ripples? Like honestly, to me, I'm kind of like, I feel like things break down into that simplicity sometimes. And I think one of the best ways to share the good ripples or the goodness is really just being vulnerable and open and honest with our stories and like i mean right off the bat in the book it's obvious like that's what this is going to be it's going to be mm-hmm. vulnerable raw empowering and all of that um can you kind of speak to like the idea of like how your view of because i i feel like strength is like the theme throughout obviously the yeah. book <laughs> the book's mm-hmm. called choose strong uh yeah. and so how is your view of strength like evolved, you know, through your life.
1: Yeah, um yeah, it kind of opens up explaining that. Like the first few chapters, it I I touch a little bit on that where I'm thinking in my mind that um I I need to be strong like physically in order to get through some of the difficult situations that I find myself in and as little kids like we understand Strength by the cartoons that we watch yeah. and and yeah. you know the stuff we see on TV. And just it is very physical. It's it's big muscles, it's being the fastest, it's winning the race, it's um, you know, it's it's the hero. And and there's nothing like innately like wrong about that. It's like not, not negative because being physically strong like feels great. I think yeah. it's important that we take care of our bodies and understand that um how amazing it is that we we genuinely were created to build muscle and to be physically strong, even into our old, old age, you know, a 90 year old can walk into the gym and they can build strength. And I just, I think that's so amazing. But as I got older um, and I kind of take the reader through this in the book, I'm realizing that strength is the most powerful strength comes from within. And it's, it definitely is a mindset and a choice that we can make so um you know eddie and i have kind of built up this this community through our podcast True strong podcast um we did a True strong project and now like the true strong book but we have a big community online too we have a facebook a private facebook group that anyone can join and it's the True strong community but our tagline is strong body strong mind strong love and it is about making the strongest choice um, in every situation in our life which isn't always the easy one it isn't always the smoothest one um and that comes down to you know conversations we have it comes down to like you know forgiving someone that that's really hard but that's the strongest thing we can do and and then on the more superficial levels like in in races um you know I don't think that we are at a point in our society where people are pushing themselves too hard it's we're giving up too early we're giving up too easily we've stopped believing in ourselves and um, not believing that we're, we can be uncomfortable and still keep going. And so I think, you know, in um, in the book, my, my hope is to really just kind of like uncover the fact that we are all strong. It is not about how big your muscles are, whether or not that you think that you were given these special gifts to be strong. It's a choice that you can make um, every single day. And the stories that I use to parallel that, um, are really powerful and they're things that I cling to in my life. And, um, and I think that it's something that I've always wanted to share with people. I just never knew how. And so this book was my, my chance to do that.
0: Yeah. When did it come into your mind? Like, Hey, I want to, I want to tell this story in like a book format.
1: Mm I, I, Since the time I was a little girl, I'd I'd say from the time I could start writing, so kindergarten, first grade, yeah, um, I remember taking like scraps of paper out of the trash and and putting them together, stapling them, yeah, and I would write with crayons. I would, I started constructing my own books. Like I loved to write from the time I was little, and I have boxes full of journals. And think writings that I've kept over the years, a lot of them chronicling the stories of my life. And I always told my mom, like, one day I'm going to write a book. Like, that has been a dream of mine since I was a little girl. I was always fascinated with just the creative side. So drawing and writing were, yeah. um, in more ways than one, also like outlets for me. So some of the most you know difficult seasons of my life or where i filled pages the most like that was where i i really let out what was going on in, inside you know my mind and my heart and um and so writing the actual story of my life was actually, was really difficult but i'd say it took about 20 years yeah. um, because i put the book on the shelf many times um i was afraid i was afraid of what people would think um, even right down to family members and, and close friends, uh, when Eddie read the book from start to finish, I mean, there were stories in there he had never heard in their yeah. entirety. And no one knows me better than than he does. But yeah. there are definitely stories in there that um, that are they're just hard to tell. They're they're hard to imagine. They're hard to connect with. Um, there's some some sad and and heavy stories in there that I don't think that I think will make people you know feel uncomfortable. Um, you know, there's nothing like gruesome and like horrific in in there, but it's just it is sad. there's some some heavy things in there. But when i I started writing it, I realized that um and and I had so many discussions with Eddie. Eddie really held my hand through this because I hit a a breaking point where I came home one day from writing and I would do like twelve hour blocks of writing. So wow. i go to this local library and i'd I'd just pin myself into this cubby and I would just write. And I came home one day and I had done like a read through, I had done like a read through of like 20 chapters. And I sat down on the couch and I said, you know what? My book is so hopeless. Like this is, it is just so freaking sad. Like chapter, like chapter after chapter, after chapter, it's like, like, it just doesn't end. It's not a book about like one event that changed my life. It's like years and years and years of continual, um challenges and setbacks and and just really sad stories that um you know i i think sometimes that people will relate to it and like dude i went through that or i went through that one or i went through this or and i tried to inject some humor as far as like because it's told from a kid's point of view like it really is inside the mind of of me when i was a kid it isn't like an adult talking and so i think that i hit this breaking point and I said, that isn't what I want to put out into the world. I don't want to just put out a book that's like, oh, it's so sad. Like, and I don't want people to feel sorry for me or, or to that be the focus. Like, this is a sad book. That's amazing. You got through it. How can I take what was so hard and so difficult and inject hope and strength? Into yeah. people? How can I parallel this in a way where people will close the book and realize like, I can get through anything like I, I can, I can get through the storm that I'm getting through. I can get through that hard time. I can get back on my feet. I can forgive that person. Like I can try again. And that was where the next several years kind of took place. And, you know, there's stories in there. I think people will read and, um, you know, that I had to work through on a, a very deep level too, that were just painful. And so initially some of the chapters were really bitter yeah. And um they were unkind. And I said, I, I realize, okay, this isn't I'm not like my heart isn't in the right place. Like I need to, I need to forgive this person. I need to um search my heart and and release that bitterness and resentment because that is not the person that I want to be and that's not what I want to project. Yeah. Um I want I want to to if anything, I, I just want to shine the power of of forgiveness and how like that is one of the most powerful things that we have that we have and that does, you know, prove that um that we can grow and that we can move on and and I think a lot of us are have known seasons in our life where we have been so controlled by hurt, we've been controlled by resentment or feeling like a victim or things didn't go our way and so we're angry. and um and I'd already seen so many books out there. I mean, there's still books being put out that are just, they're rooted in bitterness and resentment things didn't go my way this person did this to me and so i'm going to just scream you know about it on my platform and i thought i just don't want to be that person because there's a lot of that right now there's a lot of yelling and anger and resentment and bitterness and the world owes me and i'm a victim and i thought it would have been so easy for me to write a book about that and yeah and a lot of people to get on my side to be like there's this and this and this and this and this and we're all going to get on that hate train And yeah. i'm going to tell a story that is sad and and is filled with a choice and and the choice in in every situation um had me asking what's the strongest way to respond to this and yeah. and so um yeah it was it took a long time to write that so i I'd, I'd say when people read it like know that that wasn't just like it was so easy for me to <laughs> get over those things it took me years and yeah uh, i think i'm still still a work in progress that's for
0: sure well i definitely want to say like good anya for recognizing the possibility of like cynicism like i just feel like i mean mm-hmm. i don't know maybe i see it because i work with middle schoolers <laughs> and middle schoolers are like yeah, that's kind of their base, like where they would go to. And I get it. Yeah. Like I was a teenager once too, you know, yeah. smells like teen spirit, that whole thing. Yes. But <laughs> but I do feel like right now there's this like prevalence of cynicism in yeah. our culture. Like if you go online and you look at Twitter, just like the snarkiness and the being mm-hmm. cynical about almost every aspect is to me like it's overpowering to me like it gets to me for sure and so i think like recognizing that and understanding like you need to somehow take these really hard difficult stories because that you know people have hard difficult times and bring the optimism out of it and bring the power out of it Mm -hmm. like i mean it's called choose strong and like even from the very beginning like i can i could tell like um that you're bringing the power like you're it's an empowering book for sure um Mm -hmm. you know and I think like part of this is just the idea of like telling the reader like you are strong you know Mm -hmm. like and being open and like was that hard just being as um you know like vulnerable as Mm -hmm. like was that hard for you to do like it just I I think that's a very brave thing for someone to just be like super open and super vulnerable.
1: Yeah. You know, I think vulnerability has has taken on a new definition for sure in in our world especially in the world of social media because um and you see this in in the generation that you're teaching too mm-hmm. where um you know kids will take out their phone and they're like crying on camera, right? Mm. Like that's like literally a thing mm. is crying on camera, I'm so depressed. And there's like, here's the list why. And yeah. um, it's really interesting because on one hand that, that actually isn't vulnerable. No. Um, you know, you, you're all by yourself in your room and there's, there's zero contact. You can't see people's responses. You can't hear their voices. There is, there's nothing genuinely real and vulnerable about that. Um, What is, is truly vulnerable is the face-to-face is you know, can you go to a friend and say, I, I'm really struggling, like, this yeah. is a really tough season for me, and this this hurt me. Yeah. And um, the vulnerability is, is going to someone and saying, like, I, I shouldn't have said that. And I know I hurt you, and, and I'm sorry. And if, you know, I want to ask for your forgiveness, that's a really difficult thing for people to do is is to to be vulnerable and and say I'm sorry or take responsibility for their actions that's something that is like lost now (laughs) like yeah I did that and I shouldn't have done that and I own up to that um those face-to-face vulnerable interactions are um are hard but I have traveled all over the world since I was 17 so um very shortly uh the, I didn't put that part in my book I mean it's it's in the next book but from 17 until um present day um I have had a lot of opportunities to travel and speak and and share my story so I've actually shared um big parts of my story um in different places I've, I've shared it in orphanages in prisons um in schools and in churches um, and I pick and choose certain things, like I kind of study like the people and and yeah. who I'm going to be who I'm going to be talking to. Yeah. Um, and that has been genuinely one of the greatest joys of my life. And it's been very um, in a selfish way. It's 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 been very healing because I realize that when I I travel and I share and I like connect, I end up connecting with people who have been in the exact same space or um, many times. It's people who have suffered greatly and for the first time you know i've heard somebody else sharing something that was hurt and they they've found freedom in that and um those are the most vulnerable situations is standing in front of people and and sharing that knowing like i'm either going to be judged or um criticized or um or it's just people are seeing me in a different light and and i think that too you know i in, in the ultra community uh for so many years is another reason why i want to get the book out there um, it's, it's not uncommon. I think the most common thing that people want to interview me about is my, um, is, uh, mental toughness. Um, I was going to say badassness, yeah. <laughs> just total badassness, <laughs> but I've, I've gotten that reputation over the years that, you know, I entered yeah. the sport and it was like, she's the, the big girl that lifts weights and runs far. And it's like, I've, I've kind of owned that space for a long time. You know, at first it was not accepted at all. I had a lot of critics, but I've loved that space, but it's always been really personal to me for for way, reasons that people do not know and yeah. so when you read the book you'll understand that yeah. yeah my strength was not built in the gym and um and and strength is something that we build over time we lay those foundations and so um, when I explain, you know, why I can do certain things or why I've been able to push through th- certain things, it's not because I just decided to do it a couple years ago. It's like all that I've known since I was a little girl. And if I can parallel those things with my running as a way to reach people on a deeper level outside of their first half marathon, um, then I think that, you know, I'll, I'll be able to do some good
0: with my life. Yeah, that's amazing. I think like the, just the strength it takes to open up because you mentioned you know, like when you're sharing your story, I think it gives people permission. Like, I think so many of us are just like, I don't know, we just, we don't feel like we have permission to really share our open feelings and, Mm -hmm. and things like that. And then when you see someone so strong and powerful opening up and sharing about hardships, you kind of realize like, Oh we all I guess we all have hardships and mm-hmm. you know it's it's okay to talk about them and I just think that's a really important thing.
1: Yeah, I I I definitely do too. And I think that there's also, you know, especially to people listening, it's it isn't when we open up and share, it doesn't have to be on an Instagram post. It doesn't yeah. have to be, you know, on on TikTok. Um the most powerful way we share and and connect and we work through things is with with the people that we know who care about us, who genuinely know us. And I think um, that was what was so big with the book in the beginning as I started to share the stories with with um Eddie. Um he had some hard days, you yeah. know, through that, knowing like, oh my gosh, or just reading them all at once. Like yeah. the book was really hard for him to read in one sitting. And even getting feedback from him was really difficult. He's like, Sally, I've known you since you were a kid. Like we met when we were 18. And so yeah. I, I met him um, shortly after the ending of, of the book. Yeah, And my whole life changed after meeting him. So I think that he, that was hard for him. But we had so many amazing conversations from that. And I realized that he has always been my person that I've, I've shared everything with. And like the most healing times in my life are when I share with people who, who love me, who know me, who really care about me. Um, not when I just, you know, share something on social media. I yeah. think my, my reason for sharing things on social media now are because my platform is so big yeah. and I want, I I really believe to much is given, much is required, and I so I, I take my platform seriously. Um, when people message me and when people share things with me, I take that very seriously, and um, I, I appreciate people's time. Um, I don't take that lightly, and, and it's not my goal just to get as many followers as possible. It's yeah. like who can I connect with? Like if I can help someone, awesome. Now, granted, I'm 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 at a point now. I, it's almost impossible to be able to read all the comments and yeah. messages that yeah. come in daily and the emails. Um, which on one hand is a good thing, but it's been a blessing having Eddie work alongside me because sometimes we take all those messages and we're like, what is like a really powerful piece of content that we can put out that's answering this question that you're getting so often? And so a lot of my Instagram posts, that's how they're formulated is, you know, I've been getting this question about giving up and losing motivation and I can't go on. And so um, I reach in to those periods in my life where I've experienced that and I really speak from my heart and I'm genuinely speaking directly to these people and um you know and consequently over the years our, our platform platform has grown because of that but it's really been my heart to grow the platform with with people in mind and and to speak from my heart in that way um but yeah it's it's something that I I I love to do but I don't think that all of us need, you know, we don't all have to share like vulnerability to, to, to be yeah. real, you know. Um, but I do hope that people always know that there's someone that cares in their life, that that they can go to, that they there is someone that will listen. And um, I think I even say that in my book a couple of times um in, in some of the like the more poetic uh chapters where I just say, you know, um, you know, I see you, even if I'm the only person that that can understand that. Like. Like, I hope that, you know, there's at least one person that that understands and and sees you. And I I think it's it's crucial that that people know that like you are seen and you are loved and you are valued and there is a purpose for you. It's not just certain people in the world that are strong or certain people that, you know, have it going on. Like um, if you wake up each day, like you're full of purpose. And and that's really the, you know, the message that I that I want to push out so
0: yeah no i think that's amazing was there i i just curious like being an ultra runner and then also being a writer which by the way i have to say when you were talking about writing books as a kid my six-year-old today just wrote uh yeti and sloth yeti and slothy <laughs> camping and it was oh, magnificent I loved oh, it
1: save so. it forever i know
0: that's the thing so i'm like precious all of her books all the like drawings they do i'm like this is going in like this is going to fit fill up our whole entire basement but yeah
1: i love that there's so (laughs) many like cool programs now too where you can scan all that stuff and make it into a hard back what you know and there's no way your coffee table book yeah right i used way. to do that stuff for our kids and we make like photo albums and stuff but yeah like shutterfly i mean there's there's a ton of different sites that's, that's a bigger one. Oh, oh i'm totally doing yeah. that for sure just um saving all the art stuff is like that's piles <laughs> well so i
0: know like i know that writing can be one of the best forms of like self-reflection and yeah. like, just like the thinking about your own thinking And it's really hard because a lot of us don't take time to actually sit down and do that. So I think that's amazing. But I also think ultra running can be this time to like think about our life circumstances and things like this. So just like when you're talking about like catharsis, like are you finding it like more through one or the other? Is it just kind of like a both situations kind of build that, I guess?
1: Yeah, you know, I've I've loved running since I was a little girl. I think it's just a um, you know, some of us find running later in life. Um, I really believe like every person, you know, has like a gift or a talent or like something to offer and and just things that naturally kind of like set our hearts on fire. Yeah. And like running yeah. was always one of them. And writing um for as long as I can remember, I, those two like I I loved so much. And yeah. I have done both those things since I was a little, little girl and um, I have a, I think they both work really well for me because I do have a a very noisy, loud brain that never shuts off. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) People ask me all the time, like, do you, how bored do you get? You know, you go on these six, seven mile training runs in the mountains. I'm like, I, I, genuinely can't remember the last time I was bored. Like that has never been a part of my vocabulary. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, you know, I drove teachers crazy in school because <laughs> of it. But um I think that I I wrote so much of my book while running. Yeah. And running has always been like one of the most peaceful, um, rejuvenating things for me. I I find so much peace like when I'm running in the mountains. And um, you know, I don't listen to music when I'm in the mountains. I just listen to the sound of my feet and I kind of just sink into prayer and meditation. And and I, and I have like these long um, thought processes where then I, I start to write. And sometimes I'll stop and I'll add things to the notes on my phone or I'll yeah. even carry a journal with me and I'll, I'll write stuff down or I'll dictate stuff um you know and then return to the computer at home and and kind of write out what it was that I I was thinking about so they do go hand in hand very much for me I I love both of them and I and I hope to continue to do both of them for a long time
0: totally I've I've had the moments where like as I'm running I have the most clear constructed idea for like a project or something (laughs) and I'm like so psyched about it and then I get home and I try to explain it to somebody and I'm like wait but Hold on. When I was in when I was up on the on the trails, this made way more sense. You know, like that kind of situation. But I yes. think it's yeah, like I mean, you know, you gotta write those down anyways, you know. Yeah,
1: that's so true. I've done that so many times where I'll come back to my computer. I'm like, this sounded way
0: better when I was running. Like,
1: this does not make any sense. <laughs> so I like forgot half of it or. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. No, that's amazing. I I did want to ask you, Um, like, like I said, I mean, I'm psyched as soon as we're done talking, like I'm going to go back to the book. Definitely. Oh, uh, awesome. Thank you. So I'm only a little bit in, but I already wrote down like a few pages of it. The <laughs> um, there's this oh, whole okay. idea of like, um. Just the idea of belief and how powerful that is um, Mm -hmm. versus like, uh, you know, you you say we don't know the how is like so many people ask you, like, how, Mm -hmm. how do you do this and how do you do that? Um, But you do get to have the belief, like you might not fully understand how to do something, but if you believe in yourself Mm -hmm. um, and you talk about belief rooted in love, can you kind of like just go into that and like, tell me more Mm -hmm. about that idea?
1: Yeah. I, and I, one of the lines in there is, is kind of like where I contrast it, where it's like, I, you know, you hear that term and we've heard that phrase yes. ever since we are little kids, believe in yourself. And it it really doesn't mean anything to somebody that is struggling with self-worth. Yeah, And that's kind of how the, the chapter begins is um, at a very young age, I hated myself. I knew that I needed to change something because if I didn't, then um, all the things I was experiencing were going to continue. And so I I struggled with believing that who I was as a person um, was enough, that I I was valued, that I was loved. And so this idea of all these inspirational quotes that are floating around, and we all have the ones that we love, you know, and I, I say a lot of them too, but it's like If there is no roots, if there's no backbone to any of those things, they really don't do anything for our life. They can be there for a fleeting moment. Um, It might bring you inspiration for a mile. It might like cheer you up for a couple hours in your day. But if there's no roots there, you're not standing on an inspirational quote or you're not standing on like just a motivational book. Um, That's why there's so many of these things that come out every year. You Mm -hmm. know, we kind of move on from them and so the idea of things being rooted in love moreover belief rooted in love is that we start to understand that when the purpose of what we're doing regardless of what it is if it's rooted in love it's going to last and um i talked about this earlier how we're kind of we're kind of like in this era right now where a lot of things are not rooted in love they're rooted in resentment in bitterness in um revenge and um and, and like
0: divisiveness and you know divisiveness and yeah. and
1: selfishness too you know everything is like well if they don't serve you then get rid of them yeah. you know and it's like dude I've I've been a terrible person many seasons in my life I'm really glad the people that love me have not gotten rid of me
0: I've actually always been it's kind a, of bothered by that too a right it, yeah it's
1: like some of the messages is like let's think about this for a minute yeah. and and that is one of the most powerful questions that we can ask yourself is what is what I'm telling myself about myself? Is it rooted in love? Like, where the heck did it come from? Why do I look at myself in the mirror and hate what I see? Why do I look at myself in the mirror and just immediately rip myself to shreds? You know, and whether that's just physically, like you're looking at like, oh, my gosh, my arms are so weak and my calves are too small. And like, I'm I'm 20 pounds overweight and like, oh, my gosh, my skin. I mean, it's so easy for us to look in the mirror every morning and begin with such a negative perspective of ourselves and and what our day is going to be like yeah and when we can flip that mindset by saying where does that come from and is it rooted in love because if it's not rooted in love it's not true and it's not good and it's not any way to get from point A to point B in an efficient way. If you want to live your strongest life, what's the stronger thing to say? Well, look at yourself and look at the things that are good. What can you appreciate? Like, what are the things that are that are true about you? And you know, when I first started in this sport, it was the first time that I had been called big in my life. Like it was like shocking to me because I grew up. I, because of a lot of the trauma in my life, like I was a big time late bloomer. Like I was very small for my age. I stuttered. I still wet the bed. Like it was like a lot of things that I, so I was known as very small. Like I was so petite. Like I wasn't even five feet tall when I started high school. And so when I um, graduated from high school, then I was like five, five, and just a normal size woman. But when I began running, that was when suddenly I was like this big person. And I remember having a season as a pro, looking at myself in the mirror and kind of going through these seasons of just hating the way that I looked. And I'm too big and I'm not gonna be good enough because my quads are massive. And like, I have too much muscle tone. And I remember going to several doctor's appointments and asking like, how do I like atrophy this muscle? Like, how can I get smaller? And um, it was just, at one point I thought, why am I doing this? I am so miserable. Yeah. And I am rejecting myself because of the opinions of others. Yeah. Cause I was happy. I thought I was fine before all this. Yeah. Like I like <laughs> loved running in the mountains, having yeah. so much fun and adventures with my friends. Yeah. Like you know, and I ran with all guys like Billy and Colin and Dave and Josh, like they, those were that was like my crew. Like I would never heard any of them say that to me like it was like I loved trail running. And so once I got signed, it was like, oh, you can't be a pro. You're huge. No endurance athletes that big. And so yeah. I think that a lot of people can relate to that where I, I reject myself and I, I don't like myself or I don't believe that I can do this or this because of something that someone said yeah and I think it's just being honest with ourselves and like was that rooted in love or was it rooted in Envy and jealousy and um just meanness and hatred or was some or was that person actually actually joking and being silly and like you were having a bad day and you didn't see yeah. it that way. You True. Know? Yeah. It's it's being truthful on all sides of it. And I think we see that a lot in, in social media, you know, where people will say, everyone says this about me. It's like, no, it's like one guy nah. in the shopping center yeah. was a douchebag. He said it like the whole world doesn't think that about you. <laughs> like this is, is not your platform. Oh my God. Get off your soapbox. Like yeah. that isn't how it is. Like if we looked at the individual person, if we really were thoughtful about who people are uniquely, I think we would do a much better job with not only how we judge and criticize, like take the judgment and criticisms from people, but also the grace and kindness that we can show people. Because the turn that I had in my life with this, you know, this belief rooted in love was, um, it's really funny. And, and you know, not everything is profound when when our mindset changes, but it was in 2016. And at this point, whenever I went in public, I wore a big long jackets. So I was a Nike global running coach. I was um, running for Nike professionally. I was traveling around the world racing and speaking. And I would, if I was in public, try and kind of hide my frame. And this one day I finished this um, long trail rim. And I always love going to Whole Foods after my long runs on the weekends. And I would get like a big thing of food and, and yeah. load up on drink. And um, and so it's a summer hot day, and I'm in short shorts and a sports bra, and I throw on a tank top and I have a big winter coat in the back. And I live in Southern California. Like it's yeah. it's nobody hot, has winter coats there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no one does, but Nike always sent them to me. And so I had this big Nike long jacket and I put it on, and it was just this instant where I realized how like ridiculous I looked, yeah, you know, and how I was chained to this jacket. Like I, I was chained to needing to hide myself because I didn't want to walk into the store and I didn't want people to say stuff to me. And it, I was at the point in my life too, where um I, and I still do, I get approached all the time and it's, you know, on one hand I'm in workout clothes all the time. Okay. So like I'm, I am in short shorts and take tops. So yeah, um people see a fit woman like I'm let's just be honest this isn't like a motion opinion put into this like you see a, fo- a fit woman or you see a fit guy you're like oh dang like yeah. what do you do like <laughs> I I know I do that like if yeah. I see someone that's fit I'm like dude what do you do like I have a lot of respect for people that yeah. take care of their bodies and train and I love yeah. sports competition so I'm drawn to that but I was in such a low place that I was negative to everyone, Mm. like, I can't believe they'd ask or like, you know, and, and so it's just like that really resentful, bitter um, messaging. And in that moment in in the parking lot, I stopped and I said, No, like, I'm done doing this, like, I'm miserable. i'm I'm anxious all the time this is this isn't who i am and this is not how i want to live this is not like if my career is about being someone that is just bigger than every girl on the start line on the in the elite wave fine like i nike signed me so i i mean it wasn't like i begged them to to do that (laughs) like i won the golden ticket i ran western state three times like i like i okay I, i put out like i I want to know that I can that I can be here and just who I am, and not try to be like everyone else. So I think that um, I threw the jacket back in the car, and within ninety seconds of entering that grocery store. Someone started following me, and I was like, I had heightened senses all the time when people are staring at me. Yeah. They're going to come up and talk to me, and so yeah. I'm like, Oh great! Like this person is going to come talk to me. <laughs> so I went around to the next aisle, and I was like trying to avoid this person. And then I picked up something random that I wasn't even going to buy. But this woman comes up to me, and um, her first words are like, "Wow, your legs are amazing! Like, what do you like? What do you do for a living?" And I was like, You know, I, I run. You know, I like to run. I like to lift a little bit. And she's yeah. like. And I turn and face this woman, and she's beautiful. I mean, outwardly, just a beautiful woman, head to yeah. toe, very fit. But her face was really sad. And she says, you know, I've been working with my trainer for two years now, and I I can't get legs like that. And your legs are literally what I've been trying to get. And she was just so bummed. Yeah. And I look at her, and it was like, I just had this epiphany of, you know what, Sally, like, not every person that comes up to you it says something about your legs, it's not always about you. And yeah. sometimes even if they're criticizing you, they're really struggling with themselves. Yeah. Sometimes if they have questions or they don't understand, like, wow, you can run, like you can be that masculine run. It isn't because they don't think you shouldn't be running. It's like, wow, I told myself my whole life that I couldn't run, like, and you're yeah. doing it differently. Like, man, like, I wish I could have done that. Or like, wow, that's awesome. Like, I never thought of looking at people that way or having those conversations. It was just always on the defensive, like, how dare you? You know, yeah. like, how could you talk to me or think that way? So I just had this ended up having this long conversation with this woman in the grocery store and tried to encourage her. And, um, you know, I can say, unfortunately, like she she walked away kind of sad. But I thought, you know, if I can use my body as a way, as the shiny object. yeah. <laughs> to pull people to me yeah. where I can then encourage them if I'm going to stand out for something that people are confused by but then I'm able to to chat with them yeah. then heck yeah like, like like let's do it well and that's I, yeah that's that's a perspective that's rooted in love that's it's what not, I was just about
0: to say like yeah. you it sounds like in you were able to root all of that when you root something in love it's like it's just changing your perspective. And it's like, hey, like my body's able to like get me up mountains and get me signed by freaking Nike. <laughs> like <Yeah. laughs> come on. Like that's that's incredible. And and I I just love that kind of like shift in perspective there.
1: Yeah. And it's 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 then pushing that back out to the people around you. Cause sometimes yeah. that's actually the hardest thing. You know, if you're if you're someone that's hurting and you're you're struggling with accepting yourself or seeing your worth it's much easier to be defensive critical yeah. and judgmental of everyone around you yeah and and to a degree that you actually have disdain for other people's success joy love like it's it's easy to kind of carve yourself into this hole and just think well that's just for them and not for me and and those people annoy me and you know i don't want to be around them and then just to to then list all the reasons why you don't like that person or you don't like what they do or you don't like what they look like and and thinking that that's going to make you feel better about your situation and you know i i unfortunately that's that's the that's the ongoing battle and i think it will be for a long time yeah um you know social media does not help with no. any of that cuz you you open up your phone and it's just flashy pictures and just you know you know frames you know million frames in in a minute yeah. and um you know it's tough you know adults are struggling with that not only with their with their mental health but the comparison and the jealousy and um so you know Eddie and I have we we've really talked a lot about you know what is the content we're putting out what is it really about like how can we Create something that um, you know. Even choosing like our our podcast and our project, like at first he's like, it needs to be the Sal and McRae podcast, and I was like, no, like I want it to be yeah. about the community. It needs to be the Choose Strong podcast, and let's let's create things like around that where um, we're just putting out different content into the world. It isn't, hey, look at all these races I've done and my buckles and my medals. Yeah. I mean, those things are so fleeting. But it's like, what what can we encourage people to do in in their life?
0: Yeah, no, I think that's such a wonderful goal. Speaking of content, tomorrow, well, tomorrow <laughs> I guess I'll I'll probably release this Friday, so it's already out. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, film every step forward. Yes, um, about your recent foray into the 200 milers like i'm just i don't even i don't really even have a question i'm just psyched to watch it uh i'm total i love all these things and the 200 miles like i know we could probably do a whole nother podcast about that but just real quick to wrap up like what like is that just a crazy step up from hundreds, or is it a different? People have told me it's like just a different event. Like, yeah, I don't know. What what was your thoughts on it? You know, a few weeks later,
1: it, it is a different event, one hundred percent. And I, as I was training for it, I started to joke around with the with the term that these aren't ultras; they're epics. You know, it's <laughs> it's it is beyond the ultra. It's an epic adventure and the skill set that you need to get to the finish line um it's different you know like obviously like any any sport we do we want to have fitness we want to have mental fortitude um but the 200 mile distance you know i'm still learning it i learned a lot yeah. of cocodona 250 and this um film every step forward which is going to be live on my youtube channel um releasing that worldwide on yeah I'll link it on
0: here and everything and your book and of course that
1: yeah thank you yeah but that is um it's you know it's a glimpse into a piece of the race I mean you're gonna see like the beauty and like the magnitude of the distance that that we covered but you know a lot of the film focuses just on the mental perspective that I had to hold on to front in order to get to the finish line because Um, not that it's a big spoiler. If you follow me online, you, you kind of knew like things completely fell apart mile seven into that race, which is so shocking because I trained very hard. Um, my kind of signature way of training is like, I, I'm a, I always say it's so wise that we stay students. So I do a lot of research. Um, I spend a lot of time listening to podcasts and, and reading and asking questions and really trying to implement those things into my training. So when when I had made this mistake just so early on, um, having to take responsibility for that and, and own up to it, that was hard.
0: Yeah. And I
1: think that, um, you know, the film will really um it kind of dives into that and brings it back to the whole choose strong um mindset and just that that same message so drew darby and tyler mccain did an incredible job telling the story i'm really excited to share that with everyone but Overall, I, I have a lot to learn. And so that's why I signed up for the Grand Slam
0: of yeah. 200.
1: So I have three more coming up. But What? Um, no yeah. way.
0: You're doing all of them? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I am. I'm, I decided just to do all of them. So I have oh my Tahoe 200 at the end of July, yeah. um, which had to be moved because of Snowpack. So mm. unfortunately, that one is, um, it's Tahoe 200. And then two weeks later is Bigfoot 200 <laughs> up in Washington. I know. Oh
0: my God. And then, and then I'll then do um,
1: Yeah, in October. So <sighs> But the goal is like I wanted to use this year to get the introduction, learn how to train for them, and just um I'm trying different race strategies every single race and trying different methods because it's such a mysterious distance. And there's a lot of things that can go wrong, a lot of things that can go right in these races. So getting those factors, you know, down and and just learning about how to do these, it's it's gonna. It's going to take me four races before I can get a handle on him. At least I I love how you're like, I'm just
0: using this year to get an introduction. I'm going to do four of them. Yeah, (laughs) I love that. That's awesome. Well, Sally, thank you so much for, uh, coming on, sharing all of your wonderful, like just your wonderfulness. I don't know how to say it. I think it's amazing. (laughs) I love people out there just spreading goodness and i that's exactly what you're doing and i'm very very impressed with with what you're able to do not just through the sport but just through how you're uh empowering people so thank you
1: thank you so much i really appreciate the opportunity and um thanks to everyone listening
0: (laughs) yeah where can people kind of like follow along you started this awesome youtube channel i was just telling eddie (laughs) before we started recording i really like that
1: yeah, oh man, Eddie's been great. I I wouldn't have an app or a podcast or a YouTube channel without him. So it's really all the praise to him. It's yeah. um, anything that is any content that is great is because of Eddie. But he will never ever ever take any credit. I mean, I think he just got his Instagram like a couple years ago, <laughs> behind the scenes guy. But you can follow me on Instagram at Yellow Runner, and I have a link in there. Um, it's a link tree. that goes to all my outlets. So you can find the podcast, the YouTube, my book, and my app um, are all in there.
0: Awesome. Well, oh my gosh. So like best of luck at all the (laughs) upcoming 200s. That's amazing. I didn't realize you you were doing all of them. Holy
1: smokes.
0: Awesome. Well, Sally, I really enjoyed having you on the podcast. We'd love to have you on again at some point.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. All right
0: all right that wraps up this week's episode of the like a bigfoot podcast um huge thanks to sally for coming on the show huge thanks to uh eddie for setting this up um it truly was a joy um like i said at the beginning like i think ever since i watched billy's film on her running uh western states i've been a fan like she's just seems like a wonderful human being and uh after sitting down and chatting with her and and reading her book like she's incredible so um thank you sally for coming on the podcast please check out her book i highly 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 recommend it it is one of the best books uh, that i've read in a long time for sure uh it's called choose strong it is out it is available i'll put the links in the show notes and all of that um, and also if you're interested in just watching a great ultra running film, uh, with some blisters, some perseverance and grit, sorry, I said some blisters with some extremely nasty blisters that look incredibly painful for hundreds of miles, like literally hundreds of miles. It's not an exaggeration. Um, watch every step forward. It's out on YouTube right now. It is so well done. It is such quality. It is professionally like the footage is so professional. the storytelling is great. Um, and I absolutely loved it. So, uh, yeah, check all that out and thank you all for joining us on the podcast. Um, you know, my summer has started. i'm a I'm a teacher in my day job. I'm a middle school teacher. and summer adventures have started, and my brain, is slowly shutting down into summer mode. And my hope is that in summer mode, I don't have deep thoughts. That's my plan. I'll save my deep thoughts for the podcast as much as possible. But when I'm just like doing the regular day-to-day routine, uh when I'm out in the mountains going for runs or going for hikes, like I'm hoping just to shut everything down. When I'm playing with my kids, I'm hoping just to be like just with them present being goofy being silly um that's my plan i just need some like rejuvenation in that sense and i think it's an important thing to do um so i was thinking about this the other day and i was like okay i'm a busy dude i'm a busy adult human being in this world and there's a lot of like responsibilities that i have and a lot of hats that i wear and obviously being a teacher is a big responsibility it's a big hat that i wear and thankfully, as a teacher, and luckily, um, I get a little break from it, right? I get to like take that hat off for a bit, hang that hat up on the hat hanging thing. I don't know. I'll try to make an analogy. You hang your hat up uh, for a few months and I don't have to put that back on, right? Um, and I think about the other areas of my life, right? Like I'm a dad and I'm a husband. Those are hats I'm always going to be wearing all the time. Like those hats are always like on my head it is the most important hat of all hats also side note like how many times am i going to say hat during this outro um we'll find out um but i was thinking about other things right there are things that i choose to engage with that do take up time that do sometimes cause uh anxiety or stress and i'm thinking about you know um engaging with social media which i think important really important for this podcast uh it's really important for me finding interesting folks like sally or some of the other guests that we're about to have on which i'm super excited about right uh it's important for me to research what they've been up to and things like that right um but there are aspects of it that can cause envy that can cause stress that can cause like this underlying like really small kind of chronic anxiety that's like just like that like a humming in the background I don't know how else to describe it like sometimes it can cause that where it's just like this background noise that is stressing you out enough to cause like effects in your life but not enough to be so big that you're like oh, I gotta shut that down Right. And I think it's important for us to recognize that at times. And for me, I realized like, oh, that's a hat like I'm actively engaging in. Like I get to control, you know, I get to control of that. Um, that's one that I can decide if I want to be participating in or not. And so I started kind of like thinking about and breaking down, like, what are the areas in my life that obviously I'm never going to be able to completely remove the responsibilities. And that's being a dad, being a husband, um, being a teacher to a certain extent, except like I said, I get a little break from that. Um, But then I think like, what are all the things that I'm choosing to engage in, right? What are all the things that I'm choosing to participate in? And for me, and I think for a lot of us, it is our technology use, it is our internet use. And it's the websites we go and check out, it's the podcast we choose to listen to. Um, it's the people online that we're choosing to engage in or be invested in. And we're in control of that. And so if it's not serving you in a positive way or, or simply like you just need a break from it to feel uh, to kind of like just have a different perspective. I think that's super important to do, um, and so that's what I'm trying to do this summer. Last summer, I took a complete break from the podcast. I just needed um, a little bit of uh, just less busyness, I guess, because we had produced that film and everything, um, and so it just took a lot of work, a lot of intention, a lot of effort, and I just needed a less busyness from that. I'm not planning on doing that this summer. Um, but instead I'm, I'm thinking about it in this new terms of like, okay, what hats do I control putting on and what hats, um, what hats are going to be with me forever. So, uh, yeah. Anyways, that was a weird outro talk there. I said hats 82 times. Go back and check. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I said it 82 times, Um, but I said it a shitload of times. So apologies. Um, all right that wraps up this week's episode please join us next week we're sitting down we're talking with jason hardrath jason is an absolute monster of a human being in the best way possible like the a beautiful wonderful monster no negative uhness there uh he's wonderful he is one of my favorite guests to have on the podcast uh he's coming back he's going to talk to us about these things called infinity loops which just sound really cool um And then he's going to kind of give us a preview of his major project this summer, which includes a ridiculous amount of mountains um, that he's just going to take on like all over the West. And it's all these mountains he's never climbed before and new areas he's never been to, uh, including Colorado. So uh, it'll be really cool. It's a great conversation. Thank you all for joining us. Uh, Really appreciate it. And uh, we'll get back at you uh, later this week.